Gracious Lord, uh, what an honor it is to be here. God, we pray that you would fill this place, fill this atmosphere with your presence. Um, God, would you just fill us with your presence? And Lord, would you be glorified in all that is said and done here in our, our study and our singing and our worship and, and even in our play, God? We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, today did not happen uh, just by itself. You probably figured that out. A lot of people went into making this a great, great morning. And so I, I want to give honor to where honor is due. I want to give thanks to where uh, thanks is due. Uh, I, I've got some names. I want to just, I want to say thank you to everybody that has contributed through the courageous journey, um, through giving, through sacrificing. Uh, I am, I'm so thankful. Uh, it, it's taken this whole congregation being responsive to what God is doing, and so thank you very much. Uh, I want to thank the folks that came in this week to help us get things hung up on the wall, like Bob Carrick, people that helped get things clean, Bonnie Holly, Melody Urban, Linda Moore, uh, the Graves Small Group, the College Small Group Wednesday night. Uh, you guys were amazing. I want to thank Nicole White's Carver, the Servathon team, Bryce Urban and the chair team, uh, Julie Hodgkins. Thank you to all of you who have who've helped get this week ready. Uh, Amanda Spencer has been a, a real champion getting uh, tech stuff organized, so thank you uh, very, very much. I uh, want to thank, uh, we call them, the collective noun is the Johns. We've got John Smith and John Holly, and they were here, I think, as much as any of our paid staff over the last two weeks. Um, you know, we couldn't, afford to, we couldn't have afforded to have people come in and do some of the things they did, so thank you for sharing your, your talents with us. Uh, thank you also to the folks within the congregation who contributed to the work um, by sharing your trade, your talents uh, with us. Khalil Flesher, Steve Collins, Kevin Estes, Todd Matthews, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank our design team. Things look beautiful in here. I, I heard several times as you were coming in, people looked up at the cross and you said, wow, that's beautiful. You've got the design team to thank for that. Mary Hammerstone, Clarissa Smith, Sheila Wilson, two of those members, Robin Cox, Carabito, uh, they, uh, I don't think we can afford their overtime this week. Um, they, they work so hard, um, so thank you to you. I uh, want to make sure uh, that I also thank folks that helped with uh, leadership in Courageous Journey. Brian and Beth, you've been fantastic. Uh, Travis and Leanne, uh, keeping track of dollars and all those sorts of things. Thank you very much. Uh, one, one other person I want to thank um, who's really, over the last year, uh, it's like we've had an additional part-time staff member, except this person hasn't been getting paid. This person contributed uh, in the leadership of Courageous Journey um, and has really made uh, this happen. He's been our volunteer project manager, essentially, um, although I think we called him a construction coordinator because uh, that's what we have here. But Chris Day has done an outstanding job. So uh, let's just thank all these folks. If you see them after service, saying thank you to them, it won't get tired, I promise. Um, so please do that. Now, I said all of these, these people's names, not because they wanted me to. Uh, probably they would have preferred me not to, uh, to single them out. Uh, but I wanted to recognize them because it, they served. And service is an important part of what it means for us as Christ followers to be Christian. What does it mean to be Christian? Service is in there. 
And so these people, they served. They didn't serve because I asked them to. They didn't serve because anybody asked them to. They didn't serve because they had to. They didn't serve because they were compelled to serve. They served because they wanted to serve. They served because they loved Jesus Christ. And they served because they loved this church. And they served because they wanted this to be the absolute best that we could give to God. They serve because they get what service is, and that is just a natural expression of who we are supposed to be as Christ followers. Uh, service is an essential part of what it means for us to be Christian. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. We've got this on the screen here. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing Him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one a fragrance from death to death and the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Paul right here says that we smell like Jesus. Maybe just lean in on your neighbor and go... You smell like Jesus. Let them know. Let them know that they smell like Jesus. Now, here's the thing with smells. Is you can put on deodorant, and I hope you did, and you can put on uh, perfume or cologne. You can take a shower. These are all good things. But e even with all of that masking, guess what happens? If you've got a bloodhound in this room, they could still smell you. They could follow you. They could find you. They could chase you down because your smell, it's, it's in your pores and it's in your sweat. It's in your DNA. You just smell like you. And Paul says that we as Christians are to be people that smell like Jesus. You can't change your smell. It just comes from inside of you. And, and Paul says that as, as we are Christians, and in our nature we have Jesus Christ, and it's oozing out through our pores, and it's coming out in the sweat, in the blood and the tears that we give and that we serve. He says when people see that, they're going to see Jesus. They're going to see Jesus. He says now when they see Jesus, there's, there's a couple things people see. Some people look at the sacrifice and they'll look at people who have given up days off. And some people have taken vacation time to come and volunteer here at this church. And, and there'll be some people who have given up their time and, and you know, they could have got maybe paid for something, but they said, no, I want to come here and serve for this. Or, or they've taken lunch breaks or they've taken time off and away from their family. And they've come in here and they've served. And some people will look at that and go, man, that's a dead end. That's a dead end. What did you get out of that? You didn't get anything out of that. That's not for you. That's, you're giving that away. You're throwing that away. That's what Paul says. He says, some people will look at your service and they'll say, man, it just, it's, just like, it's just like deadness. They look at that. You're doing this for a dead guy, a dead guy on a cross. But Paul says, you know, that's not what it's about. We know that what it's about when we as Christians look at Christ on the cross and when we serve, we don't see just death. We see the passionate love of Jesus that sacrificed in service to us. And we see that resurrection power that comes. And so when a Christian serves, they're showing that compassionate love. They're displaying that resurrection power inside of their own lives. People serve because they're freed to serve. These people that served here, they weren't under compulsion. Jesus Christ, he wasn't under compulsion. He didn't have to. Jesus, he, you know, he comes of his own will. The, the text uh, tells us that he humbled himself. He became obedient. Christ chooses the cross for the joy that was set before him. And that's why we serve. Because we are set free to serve. 
You can't serve if you're under compulsion. That, you know, we call that slavery. You have to choose to serve. You choose. You make a choice. And as Christians, that's who we are. We're free. And we don't have to worry that some people will look at our sacrifice and will go, man, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You mean you've made a commitment over three years to contribute to that? What are you doing that for? They see a dead end, and what we see is Christ's passion and his resurrection power. And because we are free to serve, we can serve God, glorifying him, because that's who we are, and that's what we were made to do. It's who we are as Christians. And our service is focused on something in particular. It is focused on making a difference in people's hearts. Paul is going to talk a little bit later in chapter 3. He's going to say, you know, some people have reference letters and, and credentials and proof that's ink and paper and something that's written out and scripted. But, but he says, you are our reference letter. We're written on your heart. You see, our service is ultimately to affect people's hearts, to change people's hearts, to touch people's hearts with the love of Jesus Christ. That's what this place is about is touching people's hearts with the love of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing what a small act of service from somebody who has been set free to serve. It's amazing what that will do. I'm not real good on my German names, but this guy's first name was Helmut. His last name was Thielich. Um, he was in Germany during World War II. He was not a Nazi sympathizer, uh, so he had been run out of some more prestigious congregations. He finds himself ministering in the city of Stuttgart, Germany. And while he is there, the Allied bombing just gets really intense. They've, they've leveled the houses, they've leveled the churches, they've leveled the cathedrals, and yet he preaches. It is said that he preached a masterful sermon series on the Lord's Prayer that just really affected and touched people's lives. Helmut, he could have done a lot of things. He could have gone back to America the, the way that a lot of German theologians did, but he choose, chose to stay and minister to the people there. Uh, he preached that Sunday on the Lord's Prayer. The next week, he's out walking through the village, and for some reason, he stops. There's a giant crater in the ground, and he looks down, and all he can see, you've got the ground, and then you've got a cellar. There was a cellar that was, that was there, and you can imagine that there had been a house on top of that cellar before, and it is in complete disarray. A bomb has just fallen and just wiped that area out. As he's there standing down in the hole, this woman comes up next to him, and she says, uh, my husband was down there. She said, the cleanup crew came. She said, that was his place. She said, the cleanup crew came. They couldn't find a trace of him, nothing but his hat. That's all they found was his hat. He was thinking to himself, he's saying, well, what do you say to a lady who has lost everything right here in the, this fraction of a second? And she said, I just wanted to thank you because we were in church Sunday, and it was your sermon that prepared him to die. It's amazing what a little act of ministry, a little bit of service can do. And that's the thing. I know that we're tempted sometimes to go, well, that's preaching and that's ministry, but, you know, stacking chairs and serving meals and directing traffic, that's service. It's different. Here's the thing. In the Greek, the word's the same. Ministry and service, it's the exact same word. Minister means servant, and servant means minister. And so when we're here and we're talking about ministry and we're talking about service, we're talking about the same thing. You see, it's not just preaching 
It's doing things like taking meals or, or distributing food at Manamart or, or removing distractions from a building that is cluttered so people can come and have a peaceful place to learn about Jesus Christ in the Sunday school class. Or, or it's taking care of children and, and teaching them about Jesus while their parents learn about Jesus Christ. Friends, all of these are acts of service that touch people's hearts and change their lives. And these are acts of service that can only come from a heart that has been set free to serve. And so this morning, we don't celebrate just a building that got built, but we celebrate the service and sacrifice that God has used to build this amazing new tool. And I look at this building, and I think this is a challenge to us. This is a challenge to us. Because we look at this and we go, man, we, we've got to fill this place with people that, that need to know about Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we don't have to look around at this and go, well, we did it. What are we going to do now? Because we know what we're going to do now. This was always about engaging our community. This was always about expanding our fellowship with people that need to be in the body of Christ. This was always about making our worship as excellent as it could be because Jesus Christ deserves that. And so this morning, that's what our, our service is about. That's what our ministry is about. And I'll tell you, our ministry is still a work in progress. It is still being perfected by God. We're not done. We haven't accomplished everything. We don't do everything right. Yes, there's things that we could do better. Yes, there's mistakes that we make. You know, we just had an elder staff retreat not that long ago, just a couple weeks ago. We got together, and we didn't just say, hey, listen, this weekend all we're going to do is just going to talk about all the great things we've done and, and how good we are. But we got together, and we said, what are the things that God's calling us to do? What are the obstacles at, at us accomplishing our mission of, of reaching more people for Jesus Christ? What are the things that we're not doing well? What is something that, that God is saying, you need to be more faithful and do this? We ask those questions because we know we have not arrived. This building isn't going to change people's lives in and of itself. There is nobody that's going to drive down Small House Road, come into work one morning and be, see those, those beautiful brown leaves with the cross in the middle. There's nobody that's going to drive down the road and say, you know what, that building has convicted me of my need for Jesus Christ. I'm going to give my life to Jesus right now. They're not going to pull off the parking lot, come in here and say, listen, what does it take for me to be saved? I saw your building and it just convicted me. That is not going to happen, okay? Uh, some of us, maybe you might think that it's not going to happen, okay? I hate to burst your bubble. We've built this. It is not going to fill itself, all right? This building is pretty stationary. That's why we built it this way, so it would not move. It is not going to go out and get people and bring them into itself. It's just not. It's not if you build it, they will come. There's not going to be a baseball team that's going to walk out of the parking lot into this building, okay? It's not going to happen unless we bring a bus and we bring them here ourselves. Friends, this building is a challenge. It is a challenge for us who have been set free to serve, to go and act like the church because this facility is not the church. Your neighbor who smells like Jesus is the church. You are the church, and we are dedicated to serving we might not ever attain perfection, but we should never stop seeking it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18 tells us this. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. This is one of my all-time favorite verses in the New Testament because it reminds me that I don't have to be perfect right now. It reminds me that I'm still a work in progress. And it reminds me that God is not done with me yet. 
And it should remind you of that too. You're not perfect. God is still at work in you this morning. You might say, you know what, I feel like I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of stuck in my spiritual life. I feel like I'm kind of stuck as a Christian. I don't feel like I'm maturing. I don't feel like I'm becoming a better Christ follower. I don't feel like I'm being transformed from one degree of glory to another. Most of us don't wake up in the morning and say, I feel really glorious today. It's not a word we use. But, but Paul here is saying, listen, the more we stare at Jesus and the more we, we follow Jesus, the more that we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Friends, we are a work in progress, and we're being transformed one degree of glory to another. One of the best ways God transforms us more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ is through service. And so we just, we just had two folks come back from Northwest Haiti Christian Mission. They were down there during the hurricane, and I'll tell you what, that is not going to stop them. They, they will, I, I believe they will go back. Kathy's been there 30 times, 100 times. I don't know. She's, she's been there a whole bunch. Friends, when people go to Haiti and they come back, you know what they say? They say, that changed my life. That's what they say. They say, it changed my life. I saw how people were there and they worshiped God and I saw the conditions they live in and there's something about it that changed me. That's what service will do to you. It will change you. People take Meals Inc. routes, and it's not a big deal, but I've had a lot of people who've taken a Meals Inc. route, and I've had a lot of people come to me and say, I had no idea that that kind of need existed in Bowling Green. I had no idea that there was that kind of poverty here in our own community. It changed them. Service changed them. Service transforms us. That's what happens. You know, people sign up before signups begin, so that way they can serve with room in the inn. Why do they do that? Because they've shared a meal with the homeless of Bowling Green, and they have watched over while they've gotten a good night's rest, and it's done something inside of their heart. It set them free to serve even more. So some people may look at your life, and they'll say, man, that's a waste of a day to go to church. Man, that's a good day you could use to sleep in. Or that's a waste of your money that you give. But you know that each time you make a sacrifice and each time you make a choice to serve, you are being transformed a little bit by little bit, degree by degree, into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, degree isn't much, if you think about it. Draw a circle on your paper if you're a note taker, and then draw 360 pieces of pie. That's a degree. It's pretty small. And Paul says, you don't get transformed, you know, on a 180 kind of deal, but degree by degree. 180, that's a full turnaround, isn't it? You know, but there's sometimes a degree makes all the difference. You know, this building was built, and they used tools to kind of make sure things were right. And as they were putting up columns and walls and putting in corners, they were looking for something that we call a 90-degree angle. They weren't out here going, you know, 95 would be okay, 85 would be okay, just so long as it's in the ballpark. You know, just so long as we're close, no, it had to be 90 degrees. There's something about that degree. It's a dramatic change. 180 degrees. If you're going to turn around, you've got to go 180 degrees because if you don't make it 180 degrees, then you're not fully turned around. Sometimes a degree, that small incremental change, makes a dramatic difference. Think about it in terms of relationships. Those of you that are married, you didn't just meet that person and go, wow. I think we could be married. Let's be married. Let's do that. You want to get married? All right, let's go. We're going to get married right now. Those don't last real long normally. You fell in love. You looked at him. You thought, wow, I'd like to maybe go out on a date with that person. You asked him out. You say, hey, could, could we go out sometime? 
And, and then you had a conversation, and then you said, hey, maybe we could go out another time. And, and that second date turned into a third date, and it turned into a fourth date, and then maybe a fifth date. And at some point in time, you started thinking, you know, well, maybe we could get married. And you think about it, maybe this would work. You go on a few more dates, and you go, yeah, I, I think it will work. I'm going to ask that person to marry me. And again, it's not dramatic. It's just a little bit of a degree of difference. It just changed just a little bit. But one of those degrees is going to be you giving a ring, and she's going to hopefully say yes, and that's going to take you to what we call engagement. One degree of difference, and it's a whole new ballgame. Same thing's true with a marriage. Same thing's true with your relationship with Jesus Christ. You come to know, you start to think about who Jesus is, and it starts to convict you. And you start to think, maybe I should give my life to Christ, and you wrestle with that, and maybe you even pray about that. And at some point in time, you say, you know, what? I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. And one degree of faith is going to take you to, to, to the waters of baptism and your new life in Jesus Christ begins. Sometimes a degree makes all the difference. This morning, this didn't happen in the day. We've, we've got three years of planning that's come into this. We've got a year of, of serious of giving and contribution and, and work that's gone into this. Degree by degree. It's interesting, there's about 360 degrees or days, right? There's 365, but it's close. Just a little bit of difference every day. And yet today is as unlike every other Sunday. We know that because it's one of those degrees that's dramatic. This morning, we're going to have a fountain service because it is my prayer and the elders' prayer that today would be a dramatic degree change for you. Um, it is my prayer that this building not just challenges me and our leadership, but it challenges you to be a servant of Jesus Christ, maybe in a way you've not been before. And so on that piece of paper, I want you to write, I've got the sentence started up here. It's a simple prayer to the Lord. It says, today set me free to serve and fill in the blank. Write that on your paper. Say, today set me free to serve without fear. Today, set me free to serve in my workplace. Because so far, Lord, I've sort of kept you out of there. Lord, today, set me free to serve in my home. Because up until now, it seems like I've been asking everybody else to serve me. And it's time I started serving. Today, Lord, set me free to serve so that I can be a little bit more like you. Today, set me free to serve by inviting my friends and family to come to church because this is an exciting place and exciting things are happening. And yet, for some reason, I haven't done it. Today, set me free to serve. I want you to prayerfully consider what that's going to be. And then we're going to sing a song. We're going to stand. And I want you to take that simple little prayer. I want you to come over here to the baptistry. And I want you to surrender that. Just put it in the water. And this is, uh, you got to use the right paper because that's water-soluble paper. I just, I don't want anybody to get disappointed if you write on your bulletin. It's not, uh, not anything special in the water. But there's something special about the commitments that we make. And so this morning, let us commit ourselves as a church to Jesus. One degree more to reach one person more. To, to make something a little bit better in our community and in this world. Uh, as that's happening, I'm going to be standing down here. Brian and Beth Shriner over here. My wife's over here. We'll have some more elders come down if we need to. If you want to pray with somebody, we'll be down here for that. If you've got a decision that you need to make for Jesus Christ, maybe God's been at work in your heart and you say, today I, I need more than a slip of paper. I need to surrender my whole life to Jesus Christ. You come forward, you see me, and we'll talk about what that means for you to become a Christ follower and baptize into him. We can do that this morning. 
Whatever decision it is you make, let's make those decisions. Let's surrender them to Jesus Christ, and let's pray that God would set us free to serve him in a new and radical way starting today. So we're going to stand, and then in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and, and go to the baptistry and surrender those prayers to God. But let's stand. If you've got a decision to make, we'll invite you to come forward.